Hello, and welcome to Say That, the podcast for your big questions, get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago, and joining me here is Glenn Fitzgerald, the president of Mission USA. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Also joining us is Jed Brewer, the director of Mission USA Productions. Now, we're not interested in your small questions. Those we will ignore and reject. Big <laughs> questions only. When people write me a small question, I print it out and burn it. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know, but I feel like they get the message somehow. Yeah. Also joining us all the members of the one of the pastors at Christ Community Church, Lee Younger. Glenn, Matt didn't say it and Jed didn't say it, but I want you to know that I'm excited that you're back on the show. And on that basis, I declare an emergency. Wow. Wow, that was quick. Let me tell you what right now. I left town, okay, and I said, you know what? Here's what's probably going to happen is these brothers are going to be like, you know what? Glenn's out of town. Uh, sackcloth and ashes. <laughs> okay. Let's okay. just mourn that he's not here. And of course, I, you know, I, you know, because you can't have to say that podcast, you know, without, you know, Big Papa. You know what I mean? Sure. <laughs> so I, I know that you love it when we call you Big Papa. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. But you put the ball <laughs> in the reference team, is man. older than half of our listenership. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so I was like, you know. Then I opened up my uh, uh, iPhone machine, yeah. and I have... It must be nice having an iPhone. It, it can't... I, <laughs> you have an iPhone. What's wrong with that? That's what makes the must be nice game the best. <laughs> well, to be fair, Jed's is a Walkman. He put an Apple sticker on. <laughs> <laughs> so so what happens is I notice there's a new podcast. I'm like, wait, there can't be a podcast because I didn't wasn't there for it. If you weren't there, it doesn't exist. You, you haven't developed podcast permanence yet. Clearly. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I listened to it, and holy cow, would you believe these brothers, you know what they said to themselves? We don't need him. We can go on without him. <laughs> yes, that is exactly what we said. <laughs> so we didn't say Glenn's not here. We should do an entirely different type of show in which we don't give advice. But talk about the thing that Jed and Lee do for their jobs that Glenn doesn't. And and then this is what happened, too, is they conspired to put me into a preach-off. Yeah. A battle royale. That actually is that true. Did that did happen. To, to, to the, a battle we to the finish with Joel Osteen on, on a, on a preach-off. Now, here's the thing about that. Yeah. And uh, people out there on the internet, they know this to be true. I'm a lover, not a fighter. But you're also a fighter. But I'm also a fighter. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Uh, in my, uh, just re- deep down, basically, I'm a romantic. Sure. Now, some of the fellows you always win at Valentine's. Thank you. And and I, I I know that a lot of the fellows on the on the podcast when I say I'm a romantic, they think, does he mean pervert? A little bit. Okay. Is that what they? Is that what I don't think thinking? that's what they think. And and uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you fellas, that's what you you guys no, think. You know, I, I I definitely think that. Oh well, in that case, point stands. Uh, and 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 the the truth is, uh, you know, pervert's pretty close. But what I'm trying to say is, uh, please I'm, get to what you're trying to say. I'm a I'm a romantic. Sure. Uh, a lover, not a fighter. A uniter, sure. Not a divider. Sure. I just made that phrase sure, up. That's good. That's Copyright good. on that. It's not drawing any unfavorable comparisons. That's exactly right. Mission accomplished. Thank you, Jed. Yeah. Appreciate it. Do you have any sayings for people who support tur? Are you anti tur? <laughs> tur. But here's what Fold happened. Twice can't be fooled again. That's you know that's also a good saying. I made that up right now. <laughs> so what happened is, romance, love, Valentine's Day. And guess what happened? Tell me. I got a thing on the uh, on the uh, on the Tumblr machine because I have a blog right on Tumblr. Right. Is it quite popular? Well, thanks for asking, man. Is it kind of popular? You know what? Well, it you is? do have this electric thing wired to my chair that you hit a button for. So it, yeah, I asked. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's super popular. Really. Dude, you don't even know. Okay. You know, like Google? <laughs> yeah. You heard of Google? Yeah, I've heard of Google. It's like that. <laughs> it's like that. Okay. Jed's a tech insider. He's heard of Google. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Me and Walt Mossberg just hanging out. early adopter. This is, what, uh, this is what came down on the, because they sent me a message. Here's what it said. 
we'll we'll leave last names off to be cool. David, who goes by the Tumblr handle Merciful Hacker, and I, Lauren, who goes by the Tumblr handle Engineering Light. Imagineering Light, maybe? That one. There you go. Are pleased to let you and everyone on the Say That crew know we are now officially engaged to be married. Woo! Congratulations, you have produced your very first Say That Marriage to Be. Woo! Here is your official proof that Say That is a love machine. Oh, yeah. Well, I think that I speak for for all of us. First of all, I say that that's fantastic news. We're very happy for David and Lauren. I think I also speak for all of us when I say that I think we're all counting that as a wedding invitation, and you can go ahead and count this as an RSVP. <laughs> oh, we're coming. <laughs> oh, you'll we'll, we'll be at your wedding. And I, I assume they want us to stand up and say a few words. Sure. I mean, that's <laughs> got to be mandatory, right? Well, I'm planning to do the homily. I'm mean, sure. just going to break it down, dude. Yeah, I mean, you know, get in there, dig in deep, man. You totally. know, explore it. Figure exactly out what right. all, I mean, we got to get into this. No, look, bro, look, I would, this is such a happy occasion. Right. You know, we love David and Lauren. We think they're such cool people. We're so happy for them. We truly are. And I feel like my heart should be full right now. Right. I, I feel like I should be in a, in a mode of celebration right now. Yeah. You know, because, you know, uh, they're right. We are a romance machine. You know, we are, Basically. we are a marriage factory. That's, right. that's what we are. Right. And, you know, I should be celebrating that. But you know what, bro? There's sadness in the sticker. Well, why why are we sad? I'm sad because... Is that I, because of all the Italian beef you've consumed over the last decade? <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. That's blockage in this ticker. That's oh, okay. a little different. There's sadness in my heart, I thought you were being bro. poetic. I'm such a poet. There's sadness in my heart because I feel like there's one person that I wish the machine worked for. Wow. But I feel like the machine ain't working. Whoa. Tell me about it, Jed. I just... There's this guy... Look, I don't want to use names, man. Right. You know, so... But there's this guy, Matt King, where I just feel like, you know, when are we going to find this guy that I don't want to name Matt King love? When is that going to happen? You're trying to say it's like we every we're hooking everybody else up. Right. Exactly. But he is he is right in the control room. Right. Right in the in the in the teeming heart of the magic of the magic yeah but he ain't getting any of the magic and, and you know we don't want to we don't want to name names matt king because look we don't want to bust anybody out but just it weighs on me bro it weighs on me. well and i've uh, similar situation sure i'm concerned about and i same thing let's not use names uh uh this guy his name is schmatt okay okay <laughs> and schmatt uh Schmeshming is his sure, sure. Full, full given Christian name. We're getting, we're getting dangerous in a lot of ways on that one. <laughs> the thing is, Schmatt, uh, it's like he's got so much to offer. Totally. You know what I mean? Sure. I mean, a rich beard. Let me let me tell you what. <laughs> now you just sound like you're having a stroke. I'm talking. I'm, t- I'm talking. I sound about, like that a lot. In fairness, I'm talking about handsome. I'm talking about he's got the brains, he's got the looks, okay? And he's got a beard you can just get lost in. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, that's, the, that's the kind of beard men would follow into battle. Let me tell you what. That beard is the cure for what ails you. This is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about. Do we have... It, go ahead, Lee. Isn't it possible, though, that, that this person that we're not naming, Matt King is like in the center of the storm like the eye of the storm like yeah. the 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 power of love creation that goes out from this podcast it's 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 knocking it's like a hurricane knocking down trees and and flipping over cars so it's yeah. knocking down you know all all the things that have been you know uh, holding people back from starting their romance and and kicking it up to the next level yeah and and this one particular person Matt that we're talking about that you know, is just so close to it that it's he's being unaffected by the winds. Exactly. He's like in the calm of the storm. Exactly. It's like a tragic scenario. Totally. About here. You know what he is, guys? He, he's a wild stallion. That's he's, you, you know what, Jed? 
Wild Stallion's got to run free. He, and he is running free, and we just need the right young lady to come in and break him. And just totally break him down. Yeah, exactly right. Like, totally, like, he don't want to go nowhere no more. Exactly. He just, he got, he's sapped of all desire. To We're not saying You know both your wives listen to this show, from right? From that, in that, Everybody's in that wives listen to this show. I'm against this. As you keep describing marriage. <laughs> Here's all I'm saying is... Ladies, date Schmatt. <laughs> Dude, we need date Schmatt t-shirts. Yes, we In do. a very serious <laughs> way. Schmatt. Wrong. Inaccurate. I'm the person in charge of the merch. Not happening. All I'm saying is, so, uh, look, there's a lot of ladies out there yep. looking for love. Sure. And you know what? What happens is they listen to this podcast. People who listen to this podcast, love is in the air. Totally. Let me let me tell you what you want to have the perfect romantic evening. I do. You light some candles. Okay. Okay. You put on a little bit of soft music. You know. Okay. Turn the lights down low. Okay. Okay. Turn on the Say That podcast. <laughs> Over the light romantic music. Exactly right. So you got it. <laughs> little, little Wenton Marsalis, you know, yeah. playing, and then us. Yeah, that's okay. exactly right. Just Jed, would you care to make a musical reference? Anyone but you is going to get. You're all welcome. <laughs> I th- I think that's a, you you create the mood because that's what's happening out there. People getting married, babies happening everywhere as a result of the podcast. Absolutely right. But the thing is, we need you to say that listenership to send the love back yeah. to Schmatt. D- don't don't keep the love from Schmatt. Schmatt needs love. Schmatt needs love. <laughs> Please love Schmatt. <laughs> Date him. Love you're done. Him. I could go all night. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow. And on that note, I quickly declare emergency off before Dave gets in worse trouble. Good timing. Well, that was fun for all of us, (laughs) except me. It's kind of the running theme of this show. (laughs) Dude, welcome back. You were missed. Well, I'm glad to hear it. He had a couple of weeks pent up there a little bit, I think. Well... You know, uh, it's just uh, good to be back in, uh, you know, sharing the love. Totally. Absolutely. Well, we do want to give a very heartfelt congratulations to David and Lauren. We we unwittingly got you an engagement gift because yesterday I went to the post office and sent a care package to our friends in Charleston, which contained many Say That Beanies. Lovely. They got the Say That Beanies. Because our man David not only has ex- outstanding tastes in podcasts and lady friends, but in music as well. So he visited iTunes and bought a record by our friend Eric Peters, sent me a screenshot of his receipt, and now he gets a beanie. Lovely. Well, that's, that's how that works. You can get that same deal. You can go to iTunes. You can go to ericpeters.net. You can go to store.rabbitroom.com. Buy a record from our great friend Eric Peters, who we started doing a little bit of work with. Jed did the graphic design on his new b-sides record and if you did all that for buy any album you want send me a screenshot of it matt at missionusa.com and you will get a beanie the other ways to get some free say that swag is to sign up for Bridgebox. every month we send out a bridge box that has worship songs like the kind you heard last week on this show sermons from glenn and myself devotionals bible studies some images, a giving letter, lots of cool stuff, Only for, eight, for all for $8 a month. All that goes directly to support the work we do here in Chicago with folks getting out of jail, coming out of street gangs, getting out of addiction. That money makes a real difference to the way we're able to minister those folks, to the way we're able to equip some folks we've been working with for a longer time to do ministry themselves. It's a very cool thing. We'll probably have some updates coming for you on that in the future. Our third option is you can sign up for the Lee Younger branded bridge box. Every month, Lee releases a brand new worship song and behind the scenes video along with chords and lyrics and some stuff he has curated from bridge boxes past, all based around that worship song. MissionUSA.com slash bridgebox for the normal one. MissionUSA.com slash BBLY for Lee's. Lee's is also $8 a month. Or you can email me and Matt at MissionUSA.com to get the special super secret code to get both of those for $12 a month. That's just good common sense. 
It Absolutely. just makes great sense. You sign up for any of that, and we will give you a beanie to protect your frozen little head. As I understand, they've actually had snow in the southeast. You may not be able to get a hold of bread or milk for many weeks, but you can have a beanie, and that's almost as good. Woot. Absolutely. One real quick uh, last thing we want to alert you to. I will talk about next week because I've forgotten which recording we were on. Some ancient there's On the Ancient New Podcast, there's some real fun stuff going to happen that we'll talk about next week. It's a teaser. Wow. <laughs> that, that was a cliffhanger, man. Wow. Shadowing. Listen that. to a man flail about to find his footing. The Say That Podcast. All right, we're going to get into our first question here. Good job, Matt. Thank you. <laughs> Came in anonymously to our Tumblr inbox. If you hang out with us all the way to the end, I will give you the addresses you can send us a question to. This says, I have a question for the podcast. Well, this is a happy coincidence. This is the podcast. Sorry if you've been asked this a lot, but everyone in my school is going on and on about this creation debate, and I just don't get the point. You guys are good at getting to the heart of things. I believe we get to the heart of matters until certain recording companies, legal teams come after us. You guys are good at getting to the heart of things. I'm hoping you can help me see what, if anything, is happening here. Glenn, can you kick us off? Yeah, I can. And and thanks for your question. Uh, and we, you know, we 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 may get asked this stuff uh, quite a little bit, but we certainly don't mind uh, the the sure, questions. Sure. If anything, off. we've already come up with the answer, and it's easier if you ask us a repeat question. Yeah. It, the the thing is, uh, uh, we uh, we do get a certain amount of these questions that are really based on this is going on. This is like part of the conversation that's happening around Christianity and how do I deal with it? Particularly as I think you're suggesting here, how do I, uh, sort of, you know, get off it really? How do I, how do I not be brought into this? Is there a point of being in, in this conversation and talking about these things? And uh, as I sense that that's your take on it, uh, I'll give you my take because, I, I, again, I sense that we're on the, the same page, which is, uh, who cares? I mean, does anybody? Amen. I mean, does anybody really care? I mean, seriously, people. There is people raising money seem to care. That's a fun coincidence. Yeah, I mean, you, you just, nothing could mean less to my life <laughs> than the amount of time it took to make the world. The fact that God made it is miracle enough for me. The details on that are completely inconsequential. Absolutely, just doesn't make any difference. Uh, in fact, the... Uh, the idea, you know, if, if a hev an angel from heaven came down and said, here's exactly the length of time it took to make the world, it would change absolutely nothing about my <laughs> life. Would the, the, That unit of knowledge would do nothing. There are a million things I need to know about uh, that I need to do different, that I need to be on and focused on that the Lord wants me to, to deal with. And any small amount of wisdom on any of those things would change my life, would change the, the lives of the people around me. It would uh, change what I'm able to do for the kingdom and the, the impact that I could have there. The idea that we're at all talking about this is crazy. It's, it's, it's definitely a who cares kind of situation. Um, also, here's a second thing. Uh and, and, and I know some of our uh, uh, listeners are uh, white people. I'm a white person. Uh, You're a recovering white person. I, uh, yeah. Um, my uh, parents were white. I you know. see. It's passed down genetically is what we think it, that's That's what scientists believe. I still love you. <laughs> Thank you, Chad. Uh, but here's the thing. Uh, this is white people stuff right here. That's what this is. That's the truth. Uh, I can say that because I, I spend a lot of my work day working with people who are not white people. And I can tell you uh, that from coming from that world and uh, reflecting back on that, that's what this is. And when you say white people stuff, that's that's a negative thing. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Um, 
it, in this point, in this case, uh, white isn't necessarily so much an ethnic thing as a code for someone without real problems. Exactly right. Uh, let's put it this way: if you're really wound up on this, there's about a 99.9 percent chance that you have a job, that you have a bank account with money in it, that you have your rent paid, and you have a nice car in your garage. Those are the people who are really concerned about this stuff here. No, that, that's only true in almost all cases. There right. could be exceptions. <laughs> exactly right. There's there's at least one or two occasions globally, but uh, generally speaking, this is the kind of stuff that people who do not want to be involved in what God really cares about get themselves distracted with as an excuse for not doing the stuff that God really cares about. Let me give you a list of things God really cares about. Human starvation. God cares about that in a really huge way. Human trafficking, poverty, homelessness, preventable diseases. These are things God is super, 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 super invested in, care about, want to see something happening on it. This is nothing about nothing the idea that you're going to focus all and and be distracted by it, be talking about it being wound up in that that is way out of order one last point uh you'll hear us say on the podcast and and perhaps on our blogs particularly those who um uh who have blogs and are comfortable stealing stuff from me you'll hear them use the term major on the major minor on the minors I'm just looking around to see all the guilty looks. Yes, that's right. Um, <laughs> well, I do that, but I don't feel guilty. So right. I, I, I don't think you're going to get what you're looking for. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I, I no doubt stole that myself uh, somewhere else. But that's the thing is uh, we have to understand what's major and what's minor. Now, I know there's a, a certain number of people who say, uh, okay, the Bible says it was six days. So if you change that around, then it's like you're changing around the Bible. Uh, except for that kind of logic doesn't really fully hold. Um, be, because, again, we're not talking about something fundamental to what's going on. We're talking about right. a detail here. And here's, uh, for me, uh, if we want to bring the Bible into it and we want to obey what the Bible says about all this stuff, uh, I would turn to Second Timothy chapter 2, and I'm going to start reading at verse 23. Don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments. That sounds like a command. I don't know. You could just, <laughs> however, you want to read that. Do not have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because you know uh, they produce quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone, able to teach and not resentful. And that's, I think that's the main thing we have to look at is these debates get us into a negative mindset, these quarrels, these, these uh, uh, negative interactions with one another. Uh, if you've got a strong opinion about that, uh, find a, a, a sweet and loving way of laying that out and moving on to much more important things. Do not let yourself get sidetracked. And I, I, th I think to the person asking this question, I think you actually had the exact right attitude on it. Absolutely, Lee. Uh, thanks, Schmatt. I mean, oh, I'm sorry, dude. Uh, thanks, Matt. Um, <laughs> well played. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're going to reference that. everything from 1994 to 1996 before this podcast is over. <laughs> Those were the good years. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, I, I'm, I love what Glenn said here. I want to, I want to take this into the next step, which is, so what do you do with that now? Um, yeah. it, this thing doesn't matter. And I get the feeling that whoever's asking this question, like Glenn says, you, you, you're kind of coming in on that same note. I don't think this matters. So, so what's next on this? I, I, I do think that some of this, some of the kind of fervor around this topic arises because you know, whenever you hear, okay, so-and-so is going to debate so-and-so about the creation, you know, evolution thing, and everybody watches, you know, the Christians are watching with bated breath because they want to see who wins because it's kind of like us versus them, and it's, and it's all this stuff. It's like, are we, you know, and I think what it comes down to is we're afraid that people are looking at us and thinking we're stupid. 
Sure. We're, we're stupid for believing in God and we're stupid for believing that the Bible's, you know, that the things that the Bible says are true. And, you know, my first thing on that, and, and, and if, if there's anything in, you know, if there's any kind of nervousness in your heart when you see debates like this and how's it going to come out and is our guy going to win or whatever is, uh, it just really doesn't matter what anybody thinks about what you believe. It, it, that, that, that's, you don't have to go through your life thinking, you know, what does somebody think I'm stupid for having the faith that, that, that really doesn't matter. No. Where this comes down for you, I'm, I'm just, I just have one quick thing on this, is if somebody wants to talk to you about this thing, um, it's very, very easy. As Glenn's saying, this is, this is a minor. You don't need to major on this thing because it doesn't really matter. By the way, none of us were there. And as Glenn has said on the podcast before, one of the things about science is it's always changing. It's always shifting. They're always finding out new things and changing the way that they thought about the old things. And whoever thought the old things is now they look stupid and everything. So one of the things that you can do is you can say, you know, I don't really know. And, and I'm, and it doesn't really matter to me, but I would love to help you. If there's anything that you need help with, or if, or if there's any way that I can serve you, or if there's anything in your life that, that you just, that, that, that I can do for you, then let me know. If you, if, if the tone of your life is that you are there to serve people, that you're there to care about people, that you're there to love people, a couple of things you need to know. It doesn't really matter what people think about your faith, but if that's the tone of your life, people are going to respect it. Yeah. Yeah. People are going to respect your faith and it doesn't really matter what somebody says in a debate against whomever because all of a sudden what happens is is that without you're even trying to you rise above that whole petty thing and you become something different in everybody's eyes so let me give you a, a small example of this um i was at i was at a christmas party uh, a, a few years back that a bunch of uh, it was it was thrown by a bunch of friends that I went to high school with, and we were all in different like bands in high school, and we were all getting together to hang out at Christmas time and play songs, and 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 none of the people there knew Jesus at all, and I was the only person in the whole room that that knew the Lord, and as we're standing around hanging out beforehand, and, and none of these people like. Christianity, and none of them like Christians. But as we're standing around talking beforehand, they were asking me about what I do. And so I told them about, the, you know, being a pastor and the kind of pastor I am and the work that I do with high school kids and the work that I do with uh, folks in the jail and stuff like that. And all of a sudden, after a few minutes of talking about it, these people who I knew were very hostile towards the Christian faith and organized religion were looking at me and saying, I really, really respect what you're talking about. Hello. Yeah. I really, really, I, that's really cool that you're doing that, that you would go into the jail or that you would go into the high school and just just get to know these kids and talk to them about the hard times that they're having. I've never really heard of that. I think that's really, really cool. Now, it, in case you missed it, what's happened is they have, a, they have an opinion of all Christians, and it's a negative opinion. They spend a few minutes talking about what my life actually is like, and all of a sudden, I'm not lumped into that group. It doesn't matter how they feel about that group. It doesn't matter what that opinion is now, because I've become something different in their eyes. And if the tone of your life is a tone of, of self-sacrifice and of service and of love, the way that Jesus lived his life, you get to rise above all of this nonsense. You get to be something completely different. As I was saying at the beginning, it doesn't matter what somebody else thinks about your faith, but if the tone of your life is like the tone of the life of Jesus, then it won't matter because you'll actually, you're actually going to become something completely different in everybody's eyes, and, and you won't even have to answer for this thing. Totally, Jed. Yeah, I agree with everything Lee said, everything Glenn said, and I just build uh, on what Lee said, which is, yes, um, uh, Glenn is right, this is nonsense that doesn't matter. Uh, Lee is right, serving other people in love is the part that matters. I think the last part is you need a team of other people that are also serving people in love that are your family and your fellowship to keep you sane. Because uh, if you're the only one standing up against the tide of nonsense, you're going to feel crazy after a while. Um, you might have heard before the phrase Christian culture. And it refers to the idea that in the church and around Christian stuff, there is a, a, a culture, um, an, an ethos of just the way things work, the, the what we value, what we consider to be important. And the problem is that Christian culture and following Jesus oftentimes actually don't have anything to do with each other. Um, there, there is not an overlap. And I'll give you an example. And one of them's man-made. 
One of them is man-made. One of the things that's a big deal in Christian culture right now are um, financial advice programs. Um, mm-hmm. uh, there's there's a lot of them, and um, and if you're interested in kind of good, um, just practical financial advice, if if you want to be able to retire with a bunch of money in your account, there. They're well enough, I guess. I mean, they're they're just fairly typical financial advice, and Christians are really, really into them. But here's the problem: is the goal of these programs is to help you have a bunch of money in the bank when you're 65 years old. I'm gonna read you something that Jesus said. This is Matthew 6:19 to 21. Do not put away riches for yourselves on earth. Oh, yeah. wait a second. Moths and rust can destroy them. Thieves can break in and steal them. Instead, put away riches for yourselves in heaven. There, moths and rust do not destroy them. There, thieves do not break in and steal them. Your heart will be where your riches are. So we have a situation here where Christian culture is saying, well, you need to have a 401k plan. You need to have a mutual fund. You need to be you know, squared away. And Jesus is saying, actually, I don't want you to worry about that. I, I specifically don't want you, uh, Master. I want you to just follow me and, and do what I'm telling you to do. Now, does that mean that uh, it's wrong to have a savings account? No, it doesn't. Um, and are we saying that um, it's wrong to have some level of interest in um, – you know, biology and, and how the world came to be, not at all. But what we're really talking about is proportion. What we're saying is that the main focus of uh, your life as a Christian should be loving God by loving other people. Um, right. uh, we're saying that when it comes to finances, uh, the source of your security should be God, not the number in your bank account. Um, that's what we're saying. But what you need in order to pull that off is other people that are walking that journey with you. Because if you're the only person in the room that looks at the evolution of being as ah, it's a bunch of nonsense, sooner or later you're going to start feeling like a crazy person if you're the only one. So if you can create a, maybe it's your small group, or your Bible study, or your Sunday school class, but a group of people where you're all involved in serving people in love. And you're, you're all involved in keeping the main thing the main thing. You're all involved in majoring on the majors and, and not worrying too much about uh, the, the less important stuff. Uh, not only will your life be pointed in the right direction, it will stay pointed in the right direction. Uh, iron sharpens iron, it'll keep you strong, and it'll keep you uh, peaceful. That's absolutely a great point. One thing I would tack on to the end of this about this specific creation debate that we had is whenever someone's trying to get a bunch of people wound up on something, it's worth taking a step back and asking why that is. Mm-hmm. And in this particular thing that happened, you had two people on each side who had very specific aims. You had yeah. uh, Bill Nye, whose goal was to raise, seemed to be, and he expressed it as to raise uh, some awareness about what is getting put into science curriculums and uh, grade schools, and he wanted to shine a light on that, which is fine and lovely. And then you had uh, Ken Ham, I believe his name is, who wanted to raise awareness for his for-profit creation museum business. Whatever someone's goal to get you wound up on involves the phrase for-profit, you may want to take a look that maybe this person isn't exactly fighting for their faith. And I'm going to give a detail here and then not comment. Said Creation Museum, according to a picture on their Wikipedia page, has an exhibit of a caveman living alongside a vegetarian Tyrannosaurus. That's the guy who Christians were letting wind them up. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. With that, we're going to move on to another question. And uh, just real quick on the end of that, we, we, we make fun of a fair amount of the uh, crazy stuff on the podcast because it's the way we stay sane. Yeah. Just to be sure, we're never making fun of you for asking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. These no. are all very legitimate questions. If they were, we wouldn't put them on the podcast. So we are totally on your side in managing the craziness. All right. Oh, we're going to this question here. This came in via our email address. It says, how do you deal with rejection? I've always been taught a real man buries his feelings and doesn't lead, let them see the light of day, but that's kind of killing me. Lee, can you start us off? I sure can. And brother, thanks for your, uh, thanks for your email. And I'm sorry for the, the rejection that you're going through. We, everybody on this podcast knows what it feels like. We've all been there and, uh, it's, uh, it sucks. And I want to start that out by saying, I'm sorry for you. And, and, and and one thing that we, we say fairly often on the show, that, that and we mean this when we say it, is if you'd like to follow up with us, we all have email addresses. We all, we, you know, if you want to keep talking, keep a dialogue going, we definitely would. Uh, we all have Tumblr pages where you can send a question into the ask box. Um, 
we'd like to help you walk through this thing because uh, what you're what you're talking about here, the idea that a real man buries all his feelings, doesn't let them see the light of day, it's uh, it's preposterous, it's ridiculous, and we don't want uh, we wouldn't expect you to walk through your life that way, and we'd love to to help you uh, figure this out and figure out what's next. Here's the thing, let me tell you uh, when. When people have something like that, a real man buries his feelings. Let me tell you what a real man does. A real man, in particular, a real man of God, does not play games with the people in his life. Amen. And so here's the thing about this whole this whole ruse of burying your feelings, acting like rejection doesn't hurt, it doesn't bother you, it doesn't matter. It's just a game. It's just a lie. It's just a facade that that people put on so that they can have a so that they can they can look like a certain type of person so that they can have this kind of bravado this machismo like it doesn't it just doesn't matter to me that's that's the that's the air that they give out about relationships is you know attraction love all this you know the the, the connection I have in a relationship it, I could take it or leave it doesn't matter if uh, if you want to be with me great if you don't who cares and. It, that is an absolute lie, but it's a it's a lie that people are playing specifically to gain in the upper hand in a relationship. It's just a game that people play. It's just a it's just senseless drama like any other kind of game that 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 people play in relationships. So that's where we want to start on this: is that real men don't play games. Now, there there are definitely. Um, you know, there are definitely ways to deal with the feelings of rejection and ways that that are, you know, there are some ways to deal with the feelings of rejection that are more socially awkward than others. And we would encourage you to, uh, you know, to keep it to a dull roar in those kind of situations. But the, the main thing that I would say here on this is, and, and this is what, this is out of my own experience, is the best thing that you can do is to have a small circle of really, really good friends who love Jesus, who are walking with the Lord, who are pursuing the Lord alongside you, that you can talk to on a on a weekly or even you know more than weekly basis, every other day, every maybe every day basis about your life, your walk with the Lord, what's going on, um, the things that you're going through, the hard things that you're facing, that you can be honest about it, and that they can encourage you. That th- that these are guys that can pray for you and follow up with you. I have guys like that in my life. The guys on this podcast are guys like that in my life. When I've got a hard thing going on, I don't hide my feelings about it. I'll send a text message. Even though these guys are in Chicago, I'll send a text message to them. They pray for me on the spot. These are, we, we hold each other up. We care about each other. And, uh, and that's, that's the way it should be in the family of God. You should have people that you can, people that you can count on people that, but I also have people in my town, people that I can look at in the eye. We sit down together at a restaurant. We talk about what's going on and we hold each other other up. Now, I think to me, that is, I can say in my life, it's the best way I've found of being able to deal with not only feelings of rejection, but this is for, for people in, in all kinds of things. And, you know, you get laid off at your job, you gotta, you're having a terrible semester in school, whatever the situation is, having people in your life who love Jesus, who care about you, and who, who are not afraid to see the, the underbelly of life, the dark side of it, and help you walk through it, that's one of the best ways to deal with your feelings. But no, covering it up and pretending like you don't care, that's just a game. And we don't do that. Amen. Absolutely. Jed? Well, bro, we're we're proud of you for, for writing into us. And, and um, we believe in you, man. And I'm sorry you're going through a rough time. I think one of the things that gets in the way of being honest about how we feel is the fear that I'm the only one. Uh, I'm, I'm the only one that yeah. feels this way. Um, I'm, I'm the only one that struggles with this. I'm the only one that has these thoughts and these ideas, and um, uh, so if I told other people, they'd just look down on me. But the truth, bro, is that um, there are really two kinds of people in this world. There, there's people where you tell them your feelings and they lie, uh, and then there are people where you tell them your feelings and they say, yeah, me too. Uh, mm-hmm. th- that's actually all we've got. Um, because uh, whatever feeling you're having, whatever feelings you have had, other people have had them too. In fact, nearly everybody's had them. And that's actually something the Bible speaks to. It says that there's no temptation taking you except what is common to man. What that yeah. means is we're, we're all dealing with the same stuff. Um, we're, all, we're all going through the same things, at least on some level. So I think the thing, bro, is um, 
you need to to talk out what's inside of you. Um, you, you need to get that out in the open. Um, and uh, the the fear that you know uh, you're the only one that's dealing with it. It's you know it makes sense that you'd have that fear, but it's it's not founded. I think the the real thing that we need here are people who can be cool about it when we share those feelings. Um, particularly when you're dealing with Christians, there's a lot of people, man. They want to help. Um, you know, uh, they really do, but they don't exactly know how. So you might share your feelings, and um, they might try and rush in and fix it for you. Oh, here's what I would do: I would just pray about it, and then I'd pray some more, and then it'd be fixed. Um, and that's you know that's not what you're looking for. And you might have you know people who um, you know in that moment you know try and, and make it all about them. Oh, you feel sad? Let me tell you about how sad I feel. Um, but what you need is people that can be cool. People can say, "Bro, I'm sorry, man. Tell me more about that. I'm I'm here to listen. Tell me tell me what the deal is." And it's kind of an odd thought, but particularly if you don't yet have the kind of friends that Lee's talking about, and Lee's right, that's what you want, that's that's the goal, the way that you find those relationships is you kind of have to audition people. I know it's weird to talk about it that way, but if you have some, some friends who are Christians, I'd encourage you to share a little bit of how you feel with one of them and just see how they respond. Um, you know, maybe say, yeah, I've, I've been feeling a little low lately, man. Stuff's been, stuff's been wearing on me. And just see what they do with that. Um, you know, if they immediately quote 19 Bible verses at you and, you know, uh, uh, tell you to, to read the prayer of Jabez, that's, you know, it's probably not a good person to be sharing your feelings with. And now we know that uh, with, with a relatively low risk. Um, but if you, say, if you tell somebody, hey, man, I've been feeling kind of low and, you know, it's been wearing on me, I say, dude, I hear that, man. Let me, you know, I'm going to buy you Coke. Tell me all about it. You know, let's, let's get into it. Well, that's actually, that's a really good sign. And that's someone where you might have heard us before on this podcast talk about the idea that trust is earned. And that's a person who just earned some trust. Right. You put something out there. They were cool about it. That means they earned the next thing. That doesn't mean you need to jump in and tell them your deepest, darkest secrets, but uh, it does mean you can sit down over that Coke that they're buying. You can say, well, look, man, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling kind of down because there's this gal, and I kind of put myself out there, and she kind of shot me down, and it kind of hurts, and you know, I, I kind of don't like it. And you see what they do with that. And if they're able to be cool about that, and you know, maybe they've got you know, uh, a little something, you know, you know, uh, uh, hey, you know, I know it, it, it's tough, man, but you know, you're a catch, and, and don't give up on yourself because there's a lot of gals that would see what you bring to the table. If they can be cool in that moment, then they've earned a little more trust. Um, and, and we can keep going with this cycle. But that's the thing, man, is having the uh, courage to take that one next step, to begin that auditioning process. Uh, we don't want to just uh, divulge everything in our heart and mind to the first person we come along in church, but we do want to have the courage and vulnerability to intentionally develop those relationships, give people the chance to earn our trust, because you deserve um, trustworthy relationships where you can be yourself and be open and honest. You deserve them and you need them, and we all do. And that's that process of letting people earn your trust. That's how you develop those. Amen. Absolutely, Glenn. Yeah. Well, look, I uh, agree with the, what these guys are saying. I think, in particularly, um, this idea of a deception in here. Uh, this idea of saying something other than the truth when being asked, how are you doing? As Jed said, of course, you, you, you sort of limit some of the details to people who can be trusted with that information. But um, uh, I live in a world where lying is still a sin. And the idea of deceiving people by acting straighter and uh, uh, more together than what you really are is I think uh, not only is it a sin and, and a bad thing, uh, but I think it's also bad for you in the mm -hmm. sense that you're denying yourself an opportunity to get some help. And I think it's bad for the people you're telling it to because you're sending a message to them. If you have feelings, don't tell me about them because I'm not telling you mine. I'm pretending mine aren't there. You're supposed to do the same thing. Now, you may not feel that way, but that's the message you're sending nonetheless. And I don't know if you know this, that particular message has come around within Christian circles of everybody act straighter than what you really are. And that's hurting all of us. So why don't you not? Just don't. Just tell the truth. Again, as, as Jed's pointing out, and rightly so, uh, find a way to do that that's that's maybe moderated depending on who you're talking to but uh, if you if I'm having a bad day and you ask me how's it going I'll say you know it's uh, uh, 
it's a bumpy day, but I'm I'm doing all right enough to help you with whatever you got going on. So whatever, you know, I I don't I don't uh, fib about that kind of stuff. Um, uh, you you said that you were taught that a real man buries his feelings. That's actually not a real man. A real man faces his feelings. A mm-hmm. uh, coward is what you call someone who buries their feelings. Yep. That's someone who cannot face them and does not want to face them, doesn't want to deal with them, doesn't want to contend with them. Uh, anybody who sees a challenge and runs away from that challenge uh, and, 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 and puts that off until later is, is not, that's, that's not an act of bravery. That's not an act of manhood. Uh, that's what uh, cowardly people do. Um, if you want to know who buries their feelings deep down, that's crazy people. Or maybe a better way to phrase it is people who are about to be crazy people. That's the total truth. Uh, if you keep taking how you look, let's just tell the truth. We all know each other. We all love each other here on this podcast and all the people listening at home. Uh, there are things going on in your church, in your small group, in your choir, in your youth group, whatever. They're driving you straight up a wall something wrong somebody's doing something wrong being wrong acting funky whatever and you've been swallowing that down over and over again because you think the christian thing is pretend like everything's great no you haven't brought anything up to that person you haven't brought up anything to a leader you're just letting that just build and build and build and build you know what's on the other side of that is craziness you will literally drive yourself crazy with that and when glenn says literally he knows pastors who have been committed to mental institutions that's for ex- this very thing. That's exactly what I'm talking about. You, If you do this repression thing that you're talking about here, you will end up somewhere eating jello with your toes. That's what I'm talking about. They will put you in a rubber room, my man. So believe me when I tell you, that's not how a man handles his business. Uh, that's uh, that that's uh, 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 not an act of uh, authenticity and i think that's what's so important is for us as christians we have to be real sure there's a a, a point of you know too much information and, and whatever depending on the circumstances but we do need to be honest and authentic with what's going on uh and we need something sustainable you cannot just put up with stuff forever 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 and keep pressing that down it's got to come out sometime why not right now in a controlled way before you're freaked out before you're overwhelmed face it handle it i think the thing about breakups and i'll put this just on the end of it that's so crazy that's so nuts and this is the part we have to pray through is that it has this weird finality like a death you know and we we mourn it almost like you would a death but the weird thing about a breakups is it could be not a breakup you know that other person could call you on the phone at any moment and say let's unbreak up or something you know and that crazy sense of how do you know when it's really over and can you mourn something that isn't over? And that can really get in your head and really mess things up. So I think it's really about finding a way with the Lord to discover how do I put this behind me? How do I move forward? How do I make the decision on my own? This relationship is dead. Now, if it, if it comes back around, It'll be reborn as something different and maybe something better if that should happen. But I need to take this relationship, give it back to the Lord, give up the fact that it's no longer in existence and face that rather than being caught up in that cycle of who knows if this is really over. Thanks. You have heard some great points on that. One thing I will tack on right here at the end, I think what you're uh, driving at is trying to find a healthy balance between the two extremes, one of which is to walk around pretending like nothing's okay, which isn't working out for you, and the other is to sit in a bathroom in a dark robe, openly weeping. <laughs> yeah. We're all about honesty here on the podcast. I've tried both. Neither of them are particularly helpful. Um, the thing least, uh, the thing that Glenn just got done saying about the, uh, the thing of like a death is a good idea. One of the ideas we talk about with kind of guys we minister to is the idea of grief work. You put it in a little box, you take it out, you deal with it for... Maybe one conversation with a friend today or some prayer time or whatever. You get it out, put it back in the box, go about your business. That's the healthy alternative between ignoring it and not letting it take over your life. And then there will come a day when you go to take it out of the box and you realize you don't care. Yeah. And yeah. then you're done. And that's yeah. great. But there, that's a healthy way to kind of synthesize all we've talked about here. We're going to move on to our last question, which came in anonymously to our Tumblr. It says, 
I've been going to the same church for the past five years, but since last year, something doesn't feel right. I attend a megachurch, and I've had conversations with my pastor, but he never remembers me, and I feel like a number in a sea of people. Even during our conversations, it seems as though he is already gone and moving on to the next person or issue. I volunteered there as a youth ministry teacher for the past five years, and the youth ministry pastor is one of the greatest ladies I've ever met. It wouldn't feel fair to just drop her and the kids. Also, my family has been attending the same church this whole time, and it would be a challenging thing to tell them that I need some kind of change. I feel like a wimp, but also the idea of continuing to attend my church is starting to make me feel sick. What do I do, and how do I do this? Jed, can you start us off? Yeah, I can. Well, look, man, um, I appreciate your question. I appreciate your honesty. One of the things, we were talking earlier in this episode about the idea of Christian culture. And uh, one of the things that is an idea that circulates at least right now in Christian culture is the idea that church is always good. Um, and um, you, church is not about what you get out of it. It's about what you put into it. And um, uh, why can't you just like your church and um, stop being selfish? Um, Which sounds oddly like the pitch you get when you call the cable company. Yeah. Hey, why you got to be selfish? Just because you're sustaining this effort by showing up and giving money doesn't mean you get it to be how you want it to be. And I suppose, uh, <laughs> I suppose on some level, um, you know, you can see where people would get those ideas. But the problem is that they actually don't have anything to do with Christianity, um, and uh, they also don't work. Um, let's put it in, in a different context. Let's say for a second that you. Um, uh, had a, a grocery store that you went to to buy all of your food, um, but as a result of going to that grocery store, you wound up with a severe nutritional deficiency because there were things that were lacking from everything that they sold at that grocery store. Uh, the the answer would be to change the grocery store. It, it it would not be well. Have have you tried just not needing iron in your diet? Have you? I feel like it's selfish that you want to have your nutritional <laughs> needs met. Yeah. Um, well, it, that's actually what you're dealing with here. Are there? Is it possible for other people to go to this church and get everything they need out of it? Maybe. I don't know. But the important part is you're not. You're going. Right. You're not getting what you need out of it. That's all we need to know. That's that's right. actually – and that doesn't – here's where we have to be clear. That doesn't have to mean there's a problem with the church. There may right. be, um, right. and I suspect when Glenn talks, you'll hear that there is a problem with church. But for right now, that doesn't even have to mean there's a problem with the church. But right. what it does mean is it's not working for you. Here is how church is meant to work. You have a calling on your life to walk with Jesus and fulfill a mission that you were created to fulfill. Church exists to equip you on that journey. Yeah. Church exists to keep you spiritually fed to keep you spiritually strong, to keep you encouraged, to keep you built up. To the extent that a given church setup, whether that's a house church in a living room or a mega church with a huge sound system or anything in between, to the extent that that church is keeping you spiritually fed and spiritually strong and encouraged and equipped and giving you what you need to live the life God has for you, then it's great and it's awesome. Don't change a thing. To the extent that it's not doing that, to the extent that it isn't keeping you spiritually fed and it isn't keeping you spiritually strong and encouraged and equipped, then it has become an unhealthy thing for you, and then we have a responsibility before God to find something else that will fulfill that. So let me, let me repeat that. If church that you're going to isn't getting the job done for you, not only do you not have a responsibility to keep going to that church, you actually have a responsibility before God to go somewhere else so that your needs get met. Amen. That's, that's bottom line. Here's one other thing before I pass it along. Um, you're allowed to take part in aspects of a church and not others. You say that you're involved with the um, youth ministry and that it means a lot to you and, and you really like it. You, you actually don't have to quit doing that. You can go somewhere else on a Sunday morning. You can go somewhere else on a Wednesday night. You can go somewhere else on a Monday afternoon and show up on Sunday night for the youth group. Yeah, There's uh, there's no law that says you can't do that. There's nothing in the Bible that says you can't do that. I suppose it's possible that someone from the Sunday night thing could tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, uh, you know, if you're not going to be here on Sunday morning, then you know probably uh, you just need to move on. 
A, it's not terribly likely, but B, if that does happen, that would be your cue that it's really, really time to not be there anymore. It's probably hard for them to miss you in a sea of faces anyway. Exactly right. But this is the thing. I, I know, and this is for everybody listening, I know that you've been told church isn't about you. Just suck it up and show up because that's your responsibility as a Christian. We want to be crystal clear. That's wrong. That is not right. true and not biblical. You do have a responsibility with regards to church. Your responsibility is to find a church setting that keeps you fed, encouraged, and equipped to live the life and do the work God is calling you to do. If this church is not doing that, no other considerations matter. It's time to go find a church that will get that job done. Absolutely. Glenn? Amen. I, I agree a thousand percent with everything Judge is saying on that. And I think it's really important for you to pay attention. What, where's my responsibilities? Where should my loyalties be? I need to be focused on making sure I have, I'm accountable before God. I'm getting my needs met. Um, you say in, this, in, the, in, in your question, you feel like a number, and the truth is you are. That's how these uh, large churches work. It's a simple uh, a choice. And I'm saying this, maybe full disclosure, uh, I do have close buddies that work in megachurches. I, I actually have some, uh, you know, buddy level relationships with guys who are mega church pastors and i can tell you this that it's a conscious choice on their part uh, given a choice between having a broad impact with a large number of people or having a deep impact with a small number of people they've consciously chosen to have a large and broad impact uh, that they know will be relatively less shallow, it would be less deep, will be more shallow than uh, if they dealt with a smaller number of people. That's, and they would tell you that that's about outreach, that they want to reach as many people as possible with the gospel, and uh, that they hope that within the life of the church they will find someone who will mentor them and disciple them, they will find a place that they can serve, that they will find a place uh, where they're getting fed and all of that and nurtured and what have you. But that what they're what they're really uh, unapologetically and unashamedly doing is is looking at the numbers and how and, and that's how they measure success because they're looking to have a broad impact and reach as many people for Christ as possible and it sounds good uh, and 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 certainly we're not vilifying that mentality. H however. <laughs> The, the thing is that Jesus said to go and make disciples of all nations. Mm -hmm. That's the last instruction he left us with before he went on uh, to be with the Father. So it's really important. And making disciples is about investing in people individually. That's having a smaller, uh, an impact with a smaller number of people that's deeper. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> so you are, uh, you are part of a system where... Uh, they've made that decision. And here's the thing. Uh, neither you nor I can make fun of that or, or, or criticize that because when you walked in the room and you saw that many people all herded into one space, you, you had to know that pastor doesn't have time for you just, just as a mathematical proposition. He, he can't remember the names and story of every person in this building. That's just, that's just not humanly possible. Uh, so we really accepted that going in. We can't blame the church now for treating you in a way you knew had to be the case uh, going on down the line. Um, uh, part of this is a loyalty thing. Your family's involved. You're involved. The church has been a big part of your Christian life. And you say, I, I feel like I need to be loyal to this church. Here's the thing. Loyalty is a two-way street. If you're asking loyalty from me, you got to show loyalty to me. That's how that works. Uh, to to suggest anything else is to say that you want to use me, and uh, as Jed uh, rightly pointed out, that's not kosher. That's not uh, cool. Here's my my thing. I I did uh, a volunteer high school youth ministry in a church, and the idea of leaving those kids and going on uh, really just crushed me because I was so invested in their lives and it was such a good set, set up and I was just crazy about these kids you know and um, to leave them just made me sick to think about it but the thing that I realized when I started working with uh, teens uh, at the jailhouse and stuff is that they needed someone too and no one was there for them so it's I was fixated on the kids in front of me here's a second thought as it pertains to the kids you're working with if you had a kid that came to you and said uh, my parents are taking me to a church 
and uh, I'm not getting fed, and I'm not getting encouraged, and the pastor doesn't know my story and isn't keeping up with me. I don't feel like I'm being shepherded. I don't feel like I'm being discipled. I don't feel like uh, an, an investment is being made in my life. If that kid told you, I feel like I'm a number in this church that I'm going to, what would you say to that kid? Uh, because what you know and what I know is you tell that kid it's time for you to get your narrow butt up out of that church, period, the end. And that's without saying the stuff that you're talking about here about how you, you, know, you feel sick at the thought of being in that church on Sunday. And here's why I think you're having such a strong reaction, if you can dig it, is because the thing is when you're doing youth ministry, you are pouring yourself out. Right. I mean, you are laying out all your guts and emotions and you're involved in their emotions and you're, and you're giving it you're all i mean if you do any kind of decent youth ministry you are you are just putting everything you've got into it and and laying it all out and here's the thing about that is something has to pour back into you and that's why this is hitting you so strong now is because before you you didn't you were put you didn't have so much output so you didn't need as much input but now that you're doing more to serve the lord in the way that you should you're feeling that lack of something building back into to, to you. What you're really discovering is you're ministering to your kids in a way that's actually more effective than your church is ministering to you. And I think uh, you're 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 not a wimp, as you put it, uh, uh, to uh, you know have a mentality uh, of something's got to change here. Absolutely, Lee, close us out. Um, I, I love what these guys are saying on this, and, and definitely if, if, you're, uh, if your pastor doesn't know you, they're not your pastor. Yes. Um, Amen. That's, that's, that's the way that works. Um, I've been very fortunate in, in both ministry and life to have a pastor who not only knows everybody in our church, but he knows their moms and dads, he knows their pets' names, he knows what movies their kids like this, this, I mean, my, my, you know, my five-year-old calls his 60-year-old pastor, Tommy, you know, I mean, he's first name basis with everybody. This, this dude loves the people he's in their lives. That's, that's the way that's supposed to work. That's, that's, that's the way a pastor is supposed to do his job is, is, uh, to be in the lives of the people that that he's uh, that he's working with. So these guys are exactly right. The one thing that I would <clears throat> that I would suggest on this and this is something that people never do because I think these guys are right. You know, you you do not have to feel a sense of well my loyalty lies with this church no matter what even if I'm not being fed. That that's they're definitely right. But before you roll up out of that place, I would uh, I, I would pull somebody aside and talk to him about it. Um, try to get a meeting with that pastor, or if if he's not going to meet with you, uh, talk to this lady that's that's awesome that's that you're volunteering with. Uh, let somebody know. I mean, we've you know I, I've been working at the same church for over twelve years and um, <clears throat> full time, and a few years before that, and people will uh, you know they'll sweep in, they'll roll out, and we never know anything about it. And if we find them, you know that then you know they always tell us this stuff. Oh, we just loved our time there. It was just most amazing, you know, most amazing people we've ever met. Just and just we don't know why. Just somehow the Lord moved us on, you know. And I, I don't know why He chose to do that to us, you know. And and I'm always wanting that exit interview. I'd like to know what happened. I'd like to know what we did. I'd like to know what the thing was. So the last thing I would say on this is, uh, I, don't be afraid to sit somebody down and talk to them about it and say, "This is these are the gaps that you guys need to close up." And this is what you need to understand is, this is I'm pouring my life out, as Glenn's saying, and I'm not being fed back. Um, have that conversation. Don't be afraid to do that because uh, those of us who are in church ministry and we are trying to do this thing well, we want to know. We want to know what the gaps are. We want to know where we're falling short. And so. And so do that thing. But absolutely, uh, the, the church that you go to, um, I, I mean, I, and I know there are a lot of people that, that go to mega churches where they're never going to know their pastor and they're totally happy there. And that's that's cool. Um, and, and I think for, for folks in those situations, they would say that, that they go to a small group or they go to a, a, you know, a cell group or something like that, and the person who runs that is effectively their pastor. And if you've got somebody like that in your life, that is your pastor, not, not the dude giving the message on Sunday morning. Because if that person doesn't know your name, 
that they're not your person. So, uh, so that's, that, that's the last thing I would say on that is, uh, is, you know, let somebody know because they, these people may, and now they may not, but they may want to tighten up their ship and, uh, you know, we, we ought to give them the chance to do that. That's a great point. We appreciate you folks listening. If you have a question for us, say that podcast at gmail.com or the bridge chicago.tumblr.com. If you're right to the Tumblr and you want to make sure your question gets on the podcast, just mention that in your question because we use that for the blog as well. Just remember those addresses, missionusa.com slash bridgebox, missionusa.com slash bbly, or ericpetersnot.net. <laughs> those are the places you can sign up for the stuff that is not only awesome stuff for your walk and goes to support people doing good ministry, but you get a free safe that beanie this month thanks for listening just remember we love you god loves you there's nothing you can do about it brought to you by the schmidt dating council